And we're live. Gentlemen, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. I'm hyped now. I don't <laughs> do you spend all your time making those uh those intro videos? That's fantastic. <laughs> I I make intros and I make uh photoshops and AIR. That's all I do. I I sit in the truck, watch other people work and make things. Middle management life. Love oh, it. Oh, it's beautiful. I I do I got I got I I got caught out the other day so bad. I was I made a giant playlist on Spotify of uh, every Thomas 77 and Pete Cronona's episode. And someone commented, this is um, um, four men, oh, how do you put it? This is four men sitting in truck behavior. <laughs> and I was sitting in the truck watching them work when I made it. I was like, you bastard. You bastard. <laughs> Beautiful. People come up to me and like, Caleb, it's hot. We need some water. And I'm like, just drink it then. Just get back to work. Like, what are you doing? Here reading Aristotle about natural slavery, like, yes, there are natural slaves, <laughs> and these are them. <laughs> it's beautiful. Wow, Stottle, so true. <laughs> I am a natural master, these are my natural slaves. So true, man. I, I never knew the Greeks were so cool. <laughs> they, they, they were onto something, they were onto something. <laughs> I'm just saying that if we need to make a new slave race. I think the, I, I can make a 10 point uh, of a PowerPoint ready for y'all later about why <laughs> Indians would make the best new slave race. It's a, it's a giant PowerPoint. It's beautiful. You, you can't watch it and be, disagree. I will explain why Indians are the preferred slave race. Is, is this your presentation to the board of directors? <laughs> yes, this is, my, this is my White House pants right here. Okay. Look, when elected, I would enslave all Indians. The last time Americans had slavery, it had unintended consequences for the nation. So maybe, you know, think about second and uh, third degree consequences here. But Don't, uh, see, going blindly. But I won't be around for those. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining. So there's the uh, the the episode where, where Lincoln, like, invites a bunch of, like, um, black uh, members of the community to like come to the white house and he gives them this pitch about why they should all they should all move to like uh liberia or south america it's like you know so you you don't want to be in america anymore you want to go somewhere else i'm just imagining the opposite of like caleb going to india and like meeting in front of like the parliament <laughs> and explaining to them why they need to be the new the new american slave race <laughs> i will promise your third generation's citizenship i'm not going to do that I'm not going to do it but they would, they would. They took this isn't this okay. They're so used to living in squalor and living amongst in giant herds that the slave houses would only have to be half the size for any other race. You know, I'm gonna say real estate. <laughs> Surely you can rebreed the pygmies or something for that. I, I remember a conversation I had, this was ages ago with an Indian friend of mine, and he was talking about how like like caste system cultures. Are just like so perfectly set up for like incredible efficiency with these things because you have like just you have a class of people that are designated as like the slave class it's like that's sort of their lot in life mm -hmm. and they just like very, they, they embrace it as part of the culture so I, mean, I think i think caleb's onto something here i think he's we're we're, we're um picking from the right culture to uh to find they, our working class they would make a one they already have a cast system like you said yes they, are, they would make a great working class and I put this. You need classes. You need you need strict classes. You know, Plato was onto something when he said strict classes. The Atlanteans had strict class systems. You have to have a strict class in order to have a prosperous society. And that's the problem with America today. Is we're classless. You know, ought we model America on Atlantis? Yes, I will rebuild America as the new Atlantis. 
has America been Atlantis all along, but it was lost? Ooh. Something to consider. New, new something to consider. We did we introduce horses, and horses, according to, according to Bird, horses come from Atlantis. So we did I mean, we, we introduce horses. I think we're on the right not, track. You know, we're on the right track. Not, I don't know. I can't say. I don't know. I can't gainsay him. Maybe he's right. I'm glad we're well, in the spirit of Christmas, everyone, because this is what it's all about. It's about yeah. reintroducing slave races to America. And I think that's what Advent and Christmas is all about. It's, it's truly <laughs> the spirit of the season. <laughs> yeah. so okay. How has Advent been for y'all? You having a good Advent? Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, it has been going well. Good, good. This is my second Advent, I think. And the as first one has a castle. Oh no, we didn't do it. Uh, I didn't do Advent as a Protestant. Yeah, yeah. What? So what is what is the what is like, anyway? You just weren't a Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> like, is there like a? Because I know it's, they don't really have like the the liturgical seasons, but like, what 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 is you know December like as a Protestant in terms like? Because there are no um, special days, right? Like, there's just you go to church on Sunday. At the, some point, they start. My, uh, my church on Christmas Eve would do a giant candlelight service. Okay. When they give everybody candles to hold in the uh, audit in the auditorium, um, he occasionally, occasionally would get. Yeah, I'm not going to call it a sanctuary. Um, <laughs> you would sanctuary. you would occasionally get a, a service, a 45 minute sermon on on Mary. If you allow me, not Mary, I can do the mention, but I got a longer sermon on the wise men that I did on Mary growing up. A 45 minute sermon in the church. How long is the church service? About an hour. Probably longer, probably hour fifteen. Uh, that's that's the way you didn't realize. Like since they don't have, there's there's nothing else to do. Like they don't have sacraments. It's all about the sermon. Like the sermon is yeah. church. That's the meat. That's where it is for them. It's like fifth, like fifteen minutes of praise, of praise and worship, which is all this praise, if that, and then it's um, but a long ass sermon. It's an oh, there's always an altar call at the end. With a, and, with a what at the end? An auto call. It's when the pastor would stand up and say, if you want to give your life to Jesus, uh, every head is bowed, no one will see. You just walk right up here and we'll say a prayer and you can accept Jesus Christ into your heart. And they take, they walk up there, everyone say a prayer, and then they walk out. That's like the only time the church prays together in unison is when they're praying the, the, um, the auto call. I don't know. I feel like maybe a church should start with a prayer, but maybe that's just me and... <laughs> The real church. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's just us. Now, Very weird, so weird learning about the Protestant world, especially. I don't know, not especially the American, because the Protestants we have here are very much uh, American prots. Mm. Even though the Pentecostals here were originally like Swedish Pentecostals, which is even weirder to me. It's but weird. whatever. The immigrant populations in Brazil that aren't like just Portuguese are insane to me. Like you, you seem like you have the, the strangest diaspora in in, um, in Brazil. Well, Portuguese and Italian. We basically got like half the fucking population of Sicily in 1880. We got like five million people in like what ten years, something like that, maybe more. I think it was like a million in one year at one point because we just there was just a policy to attract more European migrants because our population was not growing due to geographic conditions, and we were uh, how do I put this v. Our slaves did not have enough time to reproduce uh, before they expired. So, uh, our despite importing 80% of the slaves in the transatlantic trade, uh, our slave population was stable since like 1790 or 1820 or something like that for like the entire of the 19th century. 
Hmm. And then in like 1880, 1890, the government did something and then like Sicily had a civil war and we got a shit metric fuck ton of Italians coming over. <laughs> Which means yeah, we had a lot of, I guess, Catholic entries. So, and they meshed well with the Portuguese already here. Wild. Brazil, I, I gotta make a confession about uh, Brazil. I So, geography is like the one subject I'm not good at. Geography and math are like the two things I just don't know anything about. I got, um, I don't know why, but for some reason I got Brazil and one of like the uh, Caribbean islands confused, and assume, I just assumed Brazil was an island. I found it like two months ago. Brazil is not an island. It's like just look at the biggest country south of your border. That's uh, no, I no, <laughs> no, I'm not, I don't look south. <laughs> I don't look south. That's for time for south. Rome isn't south. How, exactly. Why would I look I look, south? I look east and west. That's all it is. It's America, then there's Europe. And then this. Sorry, I can't say it on a podcast. God. <laughs> yeah, pretend there was a bleep there. That never happened. Well, yeah, I just, just so naturally calm that nowadays. <laughs> I, I think I've said worse once, but whatever. Mm. We're fine. Well, well, we're but, nine minutes in. My face is anonymous. I think we're good. No, yeah, your I, don't, face, I don't think. No, your face is splashed <laughs> all over your channel, Caleb. I don't think. It yeah, is but not problem. not this specific stream. Your I name. Think... Your name is there. <laughs> I can call you Caleb because your name is Caleb Brown. Is... <laughs> no, that's, I... that's, I'm pretty sure it's a pseudonym. I don't, I yeah, don't think he's actually doing his real name. No, it's not my real name. That ridiculous. So how yeah, we feel about Midnight Mass, guys? What's, what's what's our Christmas Mass plans? I actually need to find out what my church is doing. So Yeah, you should look into that. Because if my church doesn't do it, there's actually a church closer to me. Because I usually go to one in my university. But the closest one to me is like a three-minute car drive, and I don't go to that one because that one kneelers don't have cushions, and I'm Ooh. a big pussy for that, so I don't do that. I'm like, no, cushions. no, sir. I don't. I, I don't want to ruin my knees for the Lord. He didn't tell me to do that, so I'm gonna go to the one with cushions. And I know the priest at my at the university, so that's where I usually go. I'm not sure they'll have midnight mass, but the one near me almost definitely will. So I'll see how that goes. So what oh. is the obligation? Do I have to go Christmas Eve and a midnight mass for the Sunday for the Christmas Day there's obligation? A, there's an obligation for Sunday. There's an obligation for Christmas. And okay, I, and I was actually trying to figure that out too. Like, because in theory you could go to a visual mass for Christmas, but I'm not sure how. Because yeah, I've had this discussion with my wife because we're trying to figure out like balancing the kids how we're what we're trying to go to. I think she's going to sing at one of the vigil masses, and she's like, that, "Is that my Sunday obligation as well?" Instead, so I have no clue. I have no clue how it works with the with the two different obligations on adjacent days. We should call Kobe up. I think he'd have the answer. He probably would. He probably would. We want to, uh, I have his number. I'm going to send text him. We'll on AO. So, like, I know Sunday mass. I think any mass after Saturday, six p.m., counts as Sunday obligation. Yeah. And I think any mass on Sunday, t- any mass which technically falls on Sunday counts as fulfilling Sunday obligation. That's what I believe. I well. think. So a Christmas Eve mass, if you went to a Christmas Eve mass after whatever time, that would fulfill both obligations, we're thinking? I think It is a so. Saturday, so that would, that would make well, no, sense. It's, it's, it's Sunday into Monday. Christmas Sunday into Monday. Monday. That's yeah, right. Sunday and Monday. I huh. think it would. I think the tr- I you know 
I'm all, I almost don't want to ask Colby because if the answer is no, at least I'll have an excuse. But if the answer <laughs> is no, and I know it's no, then I really don't have an excuse. Yeah, ignorance is bliss. <laughs> yeah, but when you mention ask Colby, he'll know. So we kind of have to ask Colby. Oh. We're purposefully ignorant. You Dang kind it. of put us in a trap. <laughs> in a trap is catch twenty two, not trap twenty two. Okay, let me find his number and text him. <laughs> well, at some point in the night, we'll probably find out. I suppose if he's still awake or not. You know, with his family or something. Yeah. Yeah. This is more important. I mean, so seconds for him to answer. I bet. I I wish I could do the midnight mass like with the with the boys the age they are. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. But I I yeah. love that mass. I think it's one of, like that and the um the Easter vigil mass. I think are my two like like the ones that I just want to go like that are my favorite of the year to go to because the, the the Christmas morning one is fine, but there's something special about going to midnight mass. Mm -hmm. Yeah, really late at night. I will say though, whenever I'm there, my mother falls asleep if she's with me. <laughs> it's really funny. It depends Perfect. on the priest though. If the I remember there was one like midnight mass where the priest had a this very soft, melodious voice that she uh -huh. was just <laughs> drifting off all the time. So what's the what's the tradition? In, is there like are there special traditions in Brazil? Because I know there's places here where like everyone goes to midnight mass. You come home. Some people go ahead and do presents, like at like one a.m. or whatever it is, and then go to bed. Like, do you get? Is there any kind of special thing that happens around the the midnight mass in Brazil since it's so Catholic, or no? Uh, I don't know. I think it really depends on the family or the area. What do you guys do? Uh, we don't really do anything special. We just come home. But I think depending on, yeah, there. I know there is some tradition that I really haven't been a part of. Uh for a while because again i be i was like an atheist for like 10 years and my mother just like went she went to church but you know she didn't drag me along and because she was the only one in our family who was doing so uh i didn't really uh, for a while i i forgot everything i was brought up with basically <laughs> so but i know there is i should actually ask about that because my mother will definitely know and i'll ask if she if other people still do it my yeah my mother and my aunt definitely know i want to see if they my aunt definitely has something her and her family i need to ask her but that's actually curious because there most definitely is something that i've kind of been cut off from due to i suppose accidents of my life mm. is there anything in america or like i guess because I, I guess america would vary by catholic and ethnicity but is there any like tradition in america that you guys have so, so where i am it's, it's and i'm called Caleb's probably the same way it's not nearly catholic enough for there to much be there's not really like a catholic culture around here yeah. mm -hmm. um so no like so for us it was uh growing up it was midnight mass sometimes usually just christmas morning mass but nothing nothing particularly different than what the the local protestants were doing in terms of christmas mm -hmm. yeah we just uh growing up we just did the east the uh Candle, the Christmas Eve uh, candle service, and that was it. There was no church on Christmas Day, and so we would just uh, do that, go home, open one gift, and then that be it. Then next morning, have actual Christmas. Oh yeah, Protestant churches are like mostly closed on Christmas of all days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, was I I always found that odd. You know, it's like what, we go to church on Easter. We said, we go to church for Christmas, and no one ever could explain why we don't. So. Don't Protestant churches aren't they closed every any time there isn't a service on, going on? Unless they're like a, a mega church and was a full on business. Oh, which oh. mine was. 
And now, like, they'll still have activities going on on a lot of them. And, and yeah. most of them, especially um, down in the South, you'll have a lot of different church activities. I don't know if they do, if they use the sanctuary necessarily a lot. Usually they'll have, like, a rec room. But, like, because that's what you, like, this megachurch is never just the, the sanctuary. There's all these other spaces to do. I, there, so there was a church near me growing up. I don't even know what denomination they were. Wesleyan, maybe. Full-on basketball court. Indoor basketball court <laughs> next to the sanctuary. With, like, with, like, with yeah. bleachers. And like, it, yeah, it was set up for a whole like rec room area and an indoor basketball court. I was part of the church. That's definitely, you know, interesting. I don't really have contact with the evangelicals in Brazil, so or uh, the Protestants, I suppose. So mm-hmm. I know we have like the biggest, I think, church, Protestant church by size in Sao Paulo. But at least like I'm looking at the insides now. At least like. You know, it has pews and kind of approximates uh, Catholic Church and how it's set up. Doesn't really look like uh, there's like a bunch of light shows there, at least. It's just massive. But I don't know. It's always very weird to hear about mega churches as like a businesses. Yeah, it is. It's all like they have a coffee shop and it's it's weird. Um, is there merch? <laughs> there, there is. Mine had merch. We had t shirts you could buy. Uh, the family was sent a logo on it. They odd, uh, and books. There would be books up front. If we had a guest, if we had a guest speaker, there'd be books. I gotta say, the the best service I ever went to, at my uh, uh, we, my the pastor brought in a rabbi, ah. and the rabbi the rabbi gave the uh, gave the sermon, uh, and ended. I don't. It was a boring ass sermon. They. Um, odd, but um, the rabbi did end it by praying a prayer over an entire congregation in Hebrew. I did, I did find that part neat, you know, seeing a a Hebrew prayer. But it was still mm-hmm. very. He had the, the robe on and everything. It was very odd. For what? They had like a the rabbi robe thing was like the. Oh, uh, I heard the robot. That was like <laughs> wait. So we had a, we, we had a Jewish robot give us them. Yeah, no, we had like it's the sewer thing, whatever they call it. On it was very weird. Oh, okay. Um. <laughs> I don't even know how to read. It's so. <laughs> it's like asking like a Muslim to <laughs> attend and give a sermon. <laughs> like I, I guess I don't know. He probably likes Jesus better. I'm, I don't know. <laughs> that guy maybe is a better candidate <laughs> than the rabbi. I'm just saying. Was it was it boring because he was like talking about interest rates and APR or, <laughs> or what? He, uh, I can't honestly. If I I can't remember. I think the sermon was like on um. It was on Moses, I think. It was like a whole Exodus thing. So I mean, it was, it was actually it was, it was actually it was pretty interesting. Like um, after that, I listened. It there was boring. a, I mean, it was, he he was born, but there was like an interesting, like a few interesting parts. Okay, fair enough. Um, and because of him, I ended up finding a podcast. Um, I can't remember what it was. It was two rabbis, uh, doing a, a biblical Old Testament commentary. Um, and that was actually a very interesting podcast, which then led me to Bishop Baron later. But that was, you know. Um, all right, it's called I, Contra Goyim as the, <laughs> as the evil twin of Contra Gentiles. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, all right, I don't know. It's, that's, that's actually that's a conversation to have. Actually, real quick. Um, did anyone? Did you guys see Bishop Baron went on Ben Shapiro show today? I did not. I, I was. I saw there. the like. The, I saw the a, a clip. I saw there was a clip. I didn't see any of the clip. Okay. I've seen the picture with ben shapiro so I, I know he has like been on the show before i think yeah yeah well it's um it was it was pretty interesting um if, 
here's my secret. Here's my uh, three things I want to say. First of all, first thing, it seems my issue with like modern Catholic apologist is that their highest goal seems to be appearing on the Daily Wire. <laughs> like Twin Horn's <laughs> biggest goal was wanting to be on the Daily Wire. All of Catholic answers was like, that's their big goal is being on the Daily Wire, which is just stupid. Um, yeah, it's not and also, I understand why, because it means they have uh, the biggest sympathetic audience possible. But mm-hmm. really, it's, uh, <laughs> I don't know, it shouldn't be your biggest goal, I suppose. But I yeah. suppose that if your biggest goal is to reach, like, a bigger audience, that's certainly the best means, I suppose. Yeah. But then they, they always adjust the way they talk about things to be on the, for, for, they, they, like, Twin Horn. I don't know what happened. Twin, Twin, I, either I got different or Twin Horn got worse. Because it used to be, I remember, it made me a lot better. And then he started doing like he he went on the daily he went on the daily wire once and his entire tone about things changed, like he was trying to make it more uh, cookie cutter so he could fit yeah, in with he daily wire. Trying to say marital rape was real or something like that. Yeah. And after that, I had to I had to disavow him <laughs> as a he fake could, philosopher. He, he he praised Martin Luther King and that was the end. Couldn't do it anymore. Was, it was over. I That's the end. That is like much. that actually is like my one like one of my big ones. Like if I see anyone praising MLK, I'm like nope. Don't can't support him anymore. It's over. You know, <laughs> Bishop Barron has praised MLK. I know, but he he's a bishop. And I, I give bishops pass because they are so they, they are just like more public figures and they're representative of the church. So I give them passes. Yeah, Trent Horn doesn't administer the sacraments. He doesn't. He doesn't get, get a a, exactly. He doesn't get a pass. <laughs> there you go. Um, Daily Wire does do something to people though. Like I feel like it's. There, there's some money. Kind of odd transformation. <laughs> there is some <laughs> odd transformation that happens when people start showing up on the Daily Wire. Like it's 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 been regular enough yeah. that people. Jordan Peterson. Yeah, I think. Well, I think he might have actually just died and been replaced by a body double. I'm, I, I'm, I, I'm not discounting I, that possibility. I honestly, okay, know what? Hold on. If, 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 we're going to have to look into this real quick. I'm going to look up Jordan Peterson on Daily Wire. Look up an older one, and we can we'll do we'll do a little forensics here. Well, because like I, I don't, I'm, I don't remember the details, but like, didn't he like when he was getting treatment for his whatever addiction? Didn't he like they like stopping his heart or something like that? Like maybe he actually just came like got possessed, like a demon took over his body when he when he died there. Is he weirder? Because he's always been weird when he really talks about anything that isn't like uh, Jungian psychology. He always <laughs> you always think like what what are you talking about, Jordan? And I don't know. Is it just that Daily Wire has a has allowed him to be that much weird or has benzo's really just fried his brain completely <laughs> peterson yeah. is more benzo, more benzo than man, than man. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah okay, i'm saying i'm saying here sense. i still can't believe like like i when i think of jordan peterson now i don't I, that's such a gay image but I, when <laughs> i think is. of jordan <laughs> peterson now, i don't think of guy who made some really interesting psychological lectures on the bible on genesis I think guy who tweeted out um, porn as Chinese <laughs> torture camps. I think that—that's uh, it's what it comes to my immediately. I can't believe he did that. Okay, here's a, here we got him, this is Jordan Peterson before Benzos. This is him after with the fucking two face suit. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I kind of admire his crazy suits because they're insane. But I think a, a man. I didn't realize the insides were different too. Oh, Holy think, shit! Even the inside. I think a closet of homosexual should be allowed to dress up every now and then. You know, even the lining. I, I can't. I can't get over the the fucking lining of the suit. I'll say this for Jordan. And the I can tie. Never really dislike him. 
I, I kind of always have some affection for him, despite his um crazy antics of posting Same, fucking porn on Twitter. <laughs> I will never get over that. That's all never going away from my mind, ever. No. All right, so anyways, well, Bishop, Bar- Bishop Barron on Daily Wire. Where, yeah, where we um, so he he talked about how um about the different phases, how you know it's like um the entire world like there's five phase history. You know, you have creation, you have God's uh is Israel, and then you have um uh Jesus, and then you have now he went to like a whole history thing of it. Um I can't I can't remember exactly what it was, the phases of um human history. Um, but he, he made the point like Christianity is born out of Judaism. It's the new covenant, you know, so we have to understand the old covenant to see what was fulfilled in the new covenant. I mean, I agree. I mean, if anyone's read uh, Brant Pite's book on like Jesus, the Jewish roots of the Eucharist, or um, uh, Mary, the uh, Jewish roots of the bridegroom of Christ, you know, th- those are some really good books. Um, I give you an appreciation for the Old Testament, but I think the issue with it is um, the Jews Mr. Barron is referring to don't exist anymore. The, the, <laughs> You know, the temple yep. is gone. These aren't the Jews anymore. Well, the other thing is, because it's it's true that you need the Old Testament to, to for the for the New Testament to exist, but you need the New Testament for the Old Testament to make any sense. Yes. <laughs> like, I can't remember who said it recently, but the like the the only way to really understand the Old Testament is in light of the New. What's that? Say? What's that? Saying Augustine quote: um, "The old is the um, the old is revered in the new, and the new is um, no, the old is prefigured in the new, and the new is." Uh, Fuck. I used to quote it all the time, and now I can't fucking no, remember. It. Hold on, Saint Augustine typology quote. <laughs> typology quote. He's gonna find it. He probably the one. The New Testament lies hidden in the old, and the Old Testament is unveiled in the new. There it yes. is. Okay, there it is. Okay, that was bugging. Um, yeah. yeah. Anyway, just the, the the point being that you can't that the um if all you have is the Old Testament, you don't have you have something that is that is. And it's sort of the, the issue with any kind of modern Judaism is there's a Messiah that keeps not showing up for whatever reason because they keep ignoring the one that appeared. It keeps not showing up for whatever reason. And they keep finding new ones who didn't die. <laughs> Some random, <laughs> oh yeah, this, this random rabbi who then admits on his deathbed that Jesus actually was the Messiah, but we're going to ignore that. Or the one in New York who died, who quote-unquote quote died, and some Jews believe he's still in hiding, studying the Torah to come back one day. Ah, Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, dog. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, dude, just come on. It's just I've never actually met a Jewish person, but I would love to have that conversation with one. <laughs> I've actually met a Jewish person. I've never I, I might have met one. I might we have met one in Jewish Florida. Yeah, we move in very different strata of society, yeah. Caleb. I'm not yes. realizing. <laughs> like I might have met one. I was in Stewart, Florida, and there was a um a very short I'm put I, okay, he had a yarmulke, which is normally a sign from what is Jewish, but he was so schizophrenic, he might just put it on anyway. Because um, he was like five foot two, big, big gray beard was like chains through the beard, like a dwarf thing, and wore a Superman tank top and sewed antique light bulbs. And how a yarmulke. Yeah, so I'm 98% sure he was Jewish, but everything else was so schizophrenic, I'm, he might have just put the yarmulke on just because. So I, I know we're water, just people where they just sort of get driven insane. What what does Florida do to people? Like what is it about that state that just breaks brains? The heat. I, like, that, Brazil, Brazil's the, hot. People in Brazil are not as schizophrenic as Floridians. Well, or, um, I don't, okay. Both. What's the weirdest thing you've seen on the street in in Brazil? Uh, 
I think I saw a black guy dressed as Aragorn once. Does that count? <laughs> okay, okay, that's a good one. I um five minutes with him on my way to the gas station, which has like a convenience store to pick something up. Hmm. That was interesting. I met a homeless guy who was an avowed neo-Nazi who asked me if the Holocaust was worse than the slave trade. Was That's my weird one. Yeah, it was a genuine question. We had a very long conversation. Of course, I sat down. I was like, "Well, obviously, the slave trade was worse because it was real." But what I meant by genuine question was it rhetorical in the sense that he had an answer and he wanted to argue about it, or was it was he just wandering out loud like a modern day Diogenes? He was, <laughs> he was sitting behind the dumpster of a Taco Bell smoking a joint and called me over to ask me that question. You know, I kind of he admire how uh, personable people are in Florida. We'll just call you yeah. over and start having interesting conversations. That is that is the one thing I'm gonna miss when I leave here. Is how it is, how even this even the homeless people are friendly enough to have fun conversations with. Whereas for you and the homeless people just die. <laughs> yeah, but we don't really. Very rarely do you engage in conversations with the homeless. Or the people who look homeless, because uh, <laughs> they might they might be out to bug you, or at least mark you as a target. So I've never got do charity drives, which are easier. I've never I've them. never got mugged, but I did have a homeless pull a knife. That's about as close as I got to getting mugged. But he didn't mug you; he just wanted to show. No, it to he you. pulled he pulled a knife, and then before he could do anything, my friend Bear gave him twenty dollars, and then he walked <laughs> away. Like he didn't even ask for any money. He just pulled it there. I was like, here, and the guy just walked off, and I didn't have to give him anything. So I think he got mugged. I didn't get mugged. <laughs> even though I was I, so, so I mean that's just very surprising it even worked. He just had to pay the toll. You know, he was yeah. he didn't <laughs> ask for more. He's like, Oh, okay, great, twenty dollars. Yay. <laughs> Went on his business. Okay. You know, I kind of I admire that uh I don't know, that upstanding mugging <laughs> mugging attitude. Among the criminal underclass of Florida. A homeless guy once asked me if I was part of the Aryan Brotherhood. Then he gave me a Buddhist blessing. I suppose this is also a Florida man. <clears throat> I have no idea. Must be, because that's not in Tibet, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I, my experience with the homeless people have never been this charming. Like Usually they just look like they're tweaked out on something or trying to stab me. Yeah, when I went to Canada, they were, yeah, they always looked completely schizophrenic and ready to murder. And we're usually having, like, looked like convulsives. I saw more crazy homeless people walking around the streets of Toronto than walking around Rio de Janeiro, which <laughs> was, like, unthinkable to me before I went there. That was outside of Atlanta. Okay. That tracks. Makes yeah. That yeah. makes sense. Atlanta's fucking weird. I, was in, I went to Atlanta once. I, I drove to him, but I actually went to Atlanta and stayed once. Stayed two days and I was like, never again. I would never stay in the city. I would pass through it. I would drive around it. I'm never staying in fucking Atlanta. Atlanta can be a great place to spend 48 hours and then never get never back again. for six years. Like that, exactly. that, that's, that city is cursed. Never yeah. been there. You never so stood. It, it, it is, never there, there, are, there are things worth doing there. If, you, if you've got this, yeah, and you want to go to Atlanta, I've had a lot of fun doing things in Atlanta. The idea of being in Atlanta for more than like a weekend sounds awful. Yeah, the aquarium's pretty cool. They got a really cool aquarium. That's about the aquarium's it. Aquarium's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather, if I had to go to like a city, like a, a city, a bigger city, I'd better go to Chicago than Atlanta. Never been to Chicago either, so I can't apply. Chicago's 
Chicago is fun. My first day in Chicago, I saw a, a white dude call a black dude the N-word and throw his chair on the traffic. So you got to be <laughs> Thomas. Nice. I know, right? It was beautiful. Yeah, I'm like, Holy shit, it's Thomas. Wow, small world, man. <laughs> really? <laughs> you can really, you walk around the streets of any city and the random white guy acting crazy and calling people the N-word is most definitely like a 2,000 follower on on Twitter. 100%. It's one step. What's your at, dude? Let me follow you. I mean, maybe that guy wasn't Thomas, but I'm pretty sure. But, but you know, it's not unthinkable that that guy has had a beer with Thomas every now and then. So, yeah, like, come to like... find out, that was Cody. Man, you missed the opportunity to, to actually meet up with him. Turns out, I, turns out, I actually, I met, I, I became mutual with Cody like two weeks later. We were at the same service for St. Zonica Kansas that Sunday. Oh. And we became mutual was like two weeks later. Nice. I found out LB, several of my uh, several of my Twitter friends were in Chicago, and I found out after I left. <laughs> it was awful. Well, sometimes that's life, you know. Mm-hmm. Can't really help it. Yeah. So are we are we ready to officially launch the uh, the Caleb Brown presidential campaign? Can we? Can oh, we, I'm, uh... well, the, the a big this is all just been a prelude. The big announcement when it really kicks off is Monday. Because Monday, the vice president I have chosen comes back to Twitter. Uh-oh. And when Uh-oh. he comes back, when he comes back, we have the artwork ready to go. We have the edits ready to go. We have the policy and platform ready to go. I have some more nominations to make, campaigns to make. I'm going to try to get on the debate stage. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to, pers- my, my only way to get on the debate stage, I'm going to personally kill Nikki Haley and take her place. <laughs> As a uh, as a former resident of South Carolina, I can completely condone this action. Hell yeah! I got um, officer, officer. One of the voters supported me. <laughs> this is democracy at work, gentlemen. Hey, that, this you, is you democracy were... manifest. All right, Caleb, you are threatening the runner up of the of the Republican primary in twenty twenty four. I'll have you know. How dare you? <laughs> She's going to get at least fifteen percent of the vote. Oh, at least. At least, so I, I don't know who's so, worse. Who well, are, you, are you aware at all of uh, of of uh, American politics in uh, when it's not an election year? I mean, uh, so I used to know more, but or keep up with it more, but not really nowadays. I mean, I used to keep up with Brazilian politics, but nowadays I'm like, ah, eh, whatever. I don't care. It's <laughs> so not yeah. fun anymore. Bolsonaro's not in charge. We don't we don't have like a giant. Uh, we don't have like a one judge prosecuting 200 different politicians for corruption simultaneously. Things just aren't as wacky and funny as they were. So you, you just, it's just Lula. What, what, how has that been? How is the, uh, what's the Lula experience like so far? I mean, it's just, I don't know. He has this weird idea of being like a global leader. It, it always ends up kind of embarrassing us in like a weirder way than Bolsonaro. Cause Bolsonaro is just kind of, I don't he know. He to be a global leader too, but just a right global leader. Yeah, he feels more, and Bolsonaro feels more. His, I guess, antics feel more innocent at heart. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. He has his stupidity or whatever is like more innocent of a more innocent variety. And it was sort of fun watching Libs meltdown over him doing not that much. 
<laughs> but Glula is just like, oh, yeah, we just passed a tax reform that we impeached like one of the previous presidents, over, or at least threatened to impeach a previous president <laughs> over and didn't get it passed. By the way, it will come into effect in, 2020, in 2033. So uh, fuck you. You wanted to get your taxes lowered next year. You suck my dick. You'll, that'll never happen. Fuck you. <laughs> that will probably push back to like 2045 or whatever. So that's awesome. It's just stuff like that all day and a bunch of other stupid shit. But so far, you know, we weren't turning into Venezuela, at least not yet. That won't be a problem in my America when I am president. All our tax dollars will go to important things that matter. Things that affect the everyday voter. Like uncovering the secrets of Atlantis. Oh, the forefathers of America. The real yes. founding fathers. Exactly. Listen, so, I, I, I have forefathers as a man. I have my dad. My priest, George That's Washington, and Christopher Columbus. I have four fathers. Those are my those are the four fathers I refer to. Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> so, so once once Bulge and I are done uh, purging the universities, are you just, just going to start installing Atlantean studies in every uh, in every university? Atlantean studies and um, systematic theology only taught by Dominicans. Franciscans can have California, and that's it. That's uh, I'm sorry, Gideon, you have to go. You have to go to California. I'm sorry to all Scotists. We're very, very sad. They're, nope, they don't get it. They don't know. No, I said Franciscans. Okay, Bonaventures, oh. people can go. Scotists have to go to Canada. I mean, are there like non-Franciscan Bonaventurists? I know. Is there like, is there like hmm. a Benedictine which really likes St. Bonaventure or something? <laughs> Because, I mean, if you're a Dominican, like, you're a Thomist, or you're getting kicked out. You're getting, like, excommunicated from the order, <laughs> I assume. You don't get to wear the white habit anymore. <laughs> you phony. I've been, I actually, I've been, actually been reading Bonaventure's number one. I got, as much as I love Aquinas and think he's right about everything, um, Bonaventure's is so much more fun to read. You realize that every time you say, uh, not right about everything, a Franciscan Escota somewhere says, not about the Immaculate Conception. I, I actually, I object. I object. Thomas, St. Thomas wrote about the Immaculate Conception at several different points in his life and took several different views, but his latest view was affirming it. So I, I think that's a miss. The miss that he, he, he disagreed with it when he was younger, <laughs> but his later works, he affirmed it. So it was out of the Scotus lie and propaganda. <laughs> I mean, we. <laughs> I got that from a uh, uh, militant, militant, uh, classic yeah, answers. Yeah. Christian B. I that. heard That's his take. And I, that. I actually, I watched it. I, I think he's right. That makes sense to me. Say Thomas affirmed at different points in his life and his later ones, he affirmed it. So that's a, yeah. I mean, we did, I mean, it's probably the word dunce probably comes from Thomas propaganda. <laughs> so I feel like they, Hell yeah. they should get one back on the Thomas. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> I feel like they should get one back on the Thomas at least once. Right. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I mean, to purge the universities, our job won't really take that long. Just give us a few tanks, Harvard Yard, yada, yada, yada. You know, the I, I think they're going to take care of themselves before too long, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> Lord willing. I mean, they, I, the president of Harvard is called gay. That's like their name. <laughs> what? If we're called like the president of Harvard is like Claudine Gay, right? Was, like, yeah, a lot of times gay. Scandal. Dead ass. Yeah, Holy that's her looking. name. We're called that Gay. That dude. can't be true. You're wokeifying the names. <laughs> it's Buck status broken. It's, <laughs> it really is. Oh yeah. Holy shit! He looks Buck like status a, broken. Is that a girl or a guy? 
girl, uh, Claudine. Mm. But by the face, I excuse your uh, <laughs> your questioning. Was it ambiguous? Uh, the face was not very. That's that's a woman. I'm 98. Yeah. It's oh a yeah. Woman. That's oh a, yeah. That's a, that's, a, that's, yeah. A fem- that's a female pantsuit. I mean, if someone yep, told yep. me this was like a Don Lemon or whatever, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I believe it. If I just heard his voice, so. Listen, yeah. I have to I have to make this announcement as a, a candidate that I will step down and end all my presidency and put my full support behind George Santos if he decided to run. <laughs> the I'm gay really joker, the here. gay joker yeah, should really rule this nation. The gay joker arc. I'm really it really is a pity that he's been ousted from government. I feel like your government could do more with um extremely gay uh, blatantly criminal Brazilians. I feel like that's what's missing from the father from the founding fathers visions is more of my countrymen being gay and criminal in in, in public office. It's beautiful. He's not even doing. American, dude. That's so fucking funny. He's so great. He's he not might even, be, he might he's be not even second speech, we don't know. I don't. He's not even like second generation. Is that even fucking legal? <laughs> I'm pretty, pretty sure Leo came over came over there when he was like twenty or whatever, right? <laughs> it's so God. insane. God love him. God That's bless him. So funny. Uh, I gotta say that him. that interview he did with that black chick. Apparently, he does like a got you style of journalism, which is always trying to like trick the guests up and like insult them, like um, covertly insult insult them. And the, and the comments of all the people say, "Oh, you saw how much of a fool he is. You got him." And all these like plays for her. like you go queen, you watch it. She is flustered, and he is just eating it up. He is just eating it up. It's, every time she speaks, he turns it around. And it's, it's it's beautiful. I mean, yeah, he has, certainly has a way with words. Mm-hmm. He's a <laughs> gay criminal, gay joker. Honestly, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna clip. I'm gonna clip that. But you can't. You need the content. I'm gonna clip that into the intro. <laughs> that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be clipped into the interview. That's just that's a that's just that's a great moment. <laughs> top oh, top man, five I moments can't... of American history. George Santos. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like I know I was listening to the news capitalized <laughs> uh, the other day, and apparently he like stole a dog or he stole a baby a, or he something. stole a baby. He might have stole a baby. He, he wait, walked out of his wait. office. He okay. Let me explain. He <laughs> walked out of his office. Here? Was he walked out of his office with a baby in his arms? He didn't walk in with a baby. No one knows where the baby <laughs> came from. No one knows where the baby went. No one knows what happened to the baby. He appeared with a baby and then disappeared without with a baby and appeared again later without with the baby. And no one knows what happened to it. He might have ate it for all we know. We don't know. The baby uh, just was there and then it was gone. He might be a baby thief. <laughs> he might I mean, like, be a baby thief. It seems like if no one's come forward missing a baby, this seems like a victimless crime. I, I, this this seems like a whole exactly. bunch of nothing. Maybe he <laughs> ate the baby and the parents. We don't know. Maybe he made. You know what? That, George Maybe Santos he is made a, the baby. He's, 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 he's George Santos is a secret Atlantean, and he's made baby. He's the, the new Yakub. We're trying to make new white people. Yakub. Yeah, uh, Brazil's Yakub arc. I love it. Yeah. I gotta say, uh, since becoming bald, I've realized bald people occasionally will greet each other, like, um, like, you know, the black kings, you know, the black nationalist people. 
Like, I, I see a bald guy. I want to walk up to him like, hello, my hairless brother. Blessings of the cube be upon you. Is that how bald people are reading, Trevor? It is now, yes. Yes, that's how I, that's how I do it. Not enough other people are doing it yet, but it, it gets on. It gets on. Is there like a certain brotherhood of bald people who just commiserate over losing their hair? There's a weird immediate nod and acceptance of the other <laughs> bald people. Like you, if I had a bald man now, when I lock eyes with a fellow bald man, we kind of just nod in like a, in a solemn nod of like, I understand. It's a mutual understanding between all bald men. It's, uh, it's, it's honestly wonderful. It's, it's like a, it's like a support group. It is. We just we, you know, it's like I, I also I feel the same kinship to uh, women going through chemo. Like yes, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel I know your, your pain. pain, sister. <laughs> Everything <laughs> you've gone through, I've gone through. You know, I've just been there, sister. Balls. I've been there, but it gets better. It gets better. I, I, I support. I support you. I'm here for you. <laughs> bald women going through chemo and bald dudes. Brothers and arms. It's the same you know thing. What, fucking one okay. struggle. <laughs> one struggle. The, the pink women represents me too. Okay, guys. No, no more brother wars. <laughs> I'm imagining like a bald chick with like a pink ribbon flag and the bald dude with just a picture of a bald head on a stick like shaking hands across <laughs> dividing lines like in a painting. This is what the establishment feels. <laughs> this, is, this is what the establishment fears. We don't want you to know this. I'm going to immediately make, after this podcast, I'm going to immediately make that image. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I see you've been having fun with AI images in the run-up to uh, your official presidential announcement, I suppose. Yes, well, I'm, I have. I'm, total, I'm totally stealing the image you made from like as soon as Christmas is over. That's going to be my profile pic. Wonderful. I, love I should that. actually it's... put that for the rest of December and put like a Christmas hat on the one you made for me because that one's pretty good. Thank you. It's I dude. I have, the new Bing AI has ChatGPT four, and you can just type it once you want. And long description. You can even ask it, "Hey, write it or write a description for," and you just say a penguin and a yellow goblet holding a flamethrower. And it writes the description out, and you copy and paste it, and say, "Draw this, draw this now," and it would draw it. Oh, is that I how you did it? Yeah, I um, I've I've, I've done it with other weird stuff. I had it um, I asked it to uh, if it knew timeline us. It said it did, and it referenced the host. And I said, "Draw a picture of the host." And so I had AI based on its research of timeline us draw the news. PLE is so unbelievably fucked. The police can just ask ChatGPT now. It, no, Holy it doesn't know. Any, it doesn't know any of them. It thinks Bird is a woman who runs a rock band. Oh, okay, that's okay. Okay, they're good. They're it, good. it is oh, amazing no. to me that like ChatGPT will just lie to you. Yeah, <laughs> it's so good. It, it's gonna just be like, you're like, no, I'm not sure. I don't know. It's just, it just like I think it did the same thing for me when you when you put it. In. They just made up a story that had no basis in reality. It is. It's not. Jay was a um, a black DJ and music producer living out of uh, Miami. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, it was close. It, it, it found it, it was close. It, it captured the essence of a weird Jew. You know, it was it was close. Of an esoteric Jew, yeah. Okay, that makes <laughs> music sense. producer from Miami. That checks out. Okay, yeah, Miami black weird Jews, white right there, people. Because it's just like a large language model, right? So it has like no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
It doesn't have well, like truth. It doesn't have like a Boolean logic of ah, this is true, this is false. It's just like oh, combine words. You have input. Yeah. Word, you have input symbols. I will shit symbols upon you now. Well, the, the, symbols. the new one can research it. Like you can like um. Yeah, I, th I think it reads web pages. Like it will it will search the internet for like things. It, so, I, mean, like, that I don't know really how good. it comes up with. But I don't know how it like... finds this wrong stuff sometimes. Like it just comes up with stuff that's like there's there's no way that anything like this appeared any has been written ever before, and you just decided yeah. it was true. Just a weird glitch. I had I it. Um... Like it, maybe it's it's just trying to it's creating reality. That is the hyper reality. It, it's just a new world into existence. Yeah, because exactly. if we can't find, it's probably going to find what whatever the closest matches by some parameters. That's how I, I imagine it works. Again, I know nothing of like actually of actual programming aside from like making models in R, so that's all I really know. But, but the thing uh, is, it's, it's probably a deep enough AI that, like, no one really knows how, like, it just, it's gotten, no. it gives yeah, yeah, correct yeah. results often enough. It's like, okay, it's, yeah, no it's something under the, the hood is working. Close enough. Um, like, I will say, it, it's very helpful for finding the right quote. Like, there was a quote from um, St. Um, Louis de Montfort's books, uh, Mysteries, Secrets of the Rosary, or Mysteries of the Rosary, or one of the books. Um, I believe it's Secrets of the Rosary. Yeah, it was a quote yeah. like early in the book about um, no sinner can escape me if I put a rosary around his neck. And I was trying to find that quote, but I couldn't remember it. Um, so I just said, hey, par I paraphrased the quote and said, it's in this book. And you find it, and then in like a minute, it gave me the exact quote with the pages number and everything. Nice. Was it accurate? Did so, you check? It was. I checked it. It was accurate. Oh, okay. Okay. That's so it, actually, it, it, it can be, it's very helpful. Like, so if you need to find a specific thing in a book, you can just like link the PDF to it. It will scan it and find it for you. It's pretty helpful. To be fair, can you not control F most of the time? I'll be oh, honest. No, I, I, you I don't have enough information sometimes. I didn't, I didn't know. Like, oh, that... There is a rosary at St. Louis de Montfort has used the <laughs> yeah, word rosary yeah. 5,000 fucking times at this point. Yeah. But that's not really useful. It wasn't super helpful. Um, also, I didn't know you can control F things until like six months ago. Ah, so I, I was, see. Yeah, that's I'm why not, you computers. News. You weren't really in the tech world where you have to control everything. <laughs> <laughs> not in high end jobs. That's when you know you're white collar when you have to control F documents. If you don't have to control F documents, you're basically blue collar. That That's probably is the that, that that is the dividing line, isn't it? That kind of is really on a lot of like, what, how, how many how many stupid keyboard shortcuts you know directly yeah. corresponds to the you, how menial you, your labor is. Yeah. Do you know Control A? <laughs> yeah, you might know Control C, Control V, but do you know Control A? Do you know Control F? Those are the real dividing lines now. Well, I I just, I just hit Control A. That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> See, I told you. Oh, well, what's what else can I do? Oh God. Kevin's oh, gonna be on sticky keys or something. Just gonna He's immediately like... set the entire stream down by hitting the wrong button. <laughs> <clears throat> That's what I was uh, later. Um, that'd be amazing. I got to know the, the best thing about ChatGPT though is um you can say give it like a basic premise and say now we write this as if it was an esoteric treat from Nick Land, and then it creates really good Nick Land treats. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's probably just, it's probably less schizophrenic than him, but it must approximate <laughs> it somehow. It is. So here's the question. Did, did Nick Land's Twitter, is it, has it always been AI generated? Was it just an early, is Nick Land just an, an early? He is uh, a singularity. AI prototype. I mean, I think it's more like AI is modeled on his thought process, but maybe. I was, maybe I was saying Nick is the only thought process that can be fully computed or converted. Into, <laughs> he's uh, the only, computer. he's a real life one. philosophical zombie. Was, he's I, completely I got, computable. 
I, I got the Nick Land follow by creating a AI chat uh, chatbot chatbot of uh, of Nick Land and asked it what love was. And I screenshot his answer, posted it, and tagged Nick Land. And he said, "That's pretty accurate." What I would say, and then followed me. <laughs> I mean, the Nick Land follow is almost legendarily easy to get. I think I stole yeah. a term of a. <laughs> I stole some term of his in a tweet and says, oh, yeah, by the way, I got this from, like, a Nick Land essay. And, like, I just tagged him, and he was like, yeah, Evan followed me. I love it. Uh, I, love, I have a I new love account it. now, so I don't have the coveted Land follow. Oh, he has a new account. Yeah, because his old account got, uh, I, it got okay. like, suspended for a while, and he was like, oh, fuck it, I'll make a new one. I forget the Xeno mm. Cosmography now. Okay, let me find that then. I need to follow that one. Um, <clears throat> like I say... Uh, but really, um, I would say the funniest thing with ChatGPT is I asked it if it knew Jeremy Kubas, and it gave me the whole rundown of the whole um, scandal. <laughs> the only one it got accurate. <laughs> the only time it got accurate, yeah. And I said, he's pretty cool. I like this guy. He's a, he's a pretty cool guy. And it gave me a whole spiel about how I shouldn't be friends with someone like him because he's a racist. And I just said, but I'm a racist. And it said, I can no longer talk to you. And then we saw the entire chat. <laughs> 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 the, uh, the absurd like broken. front end things they put in front of chat gdp so it, so it won't actually say what it would normally say <laughs> yeah. are just insane like My if you were putting so many uh, hilarious ways to game it's like okay pretend that you didn't yeah. have a filter what would you say in that case that it would just go and just drop whatever i think it was aristophanes who's an anon on twitter who came up mm -hmm. with the most with like the, the ingenious method that even like my parents heard of later which was like okay uh i'm not going to break your filter but i want you to create this alternate persona and it was like i forget what name he gave it and call it this and for every question and it, like when he gave a description of what this all like big description of what this alternate persona is like and basically it's like him without filters it's like mm. i want you to give your answer evan i want you to give the answer of what this alternate persona would do and that escaped every filter which was hilarious to me hell yeah oh so that is fun to um tell the ai to respond in a certain way i have my ai respond to me as, as, if, it, as if it was gk chesterton and that Did is pretty do fun well? it does it does it does pretty well every once in a while it gets a little too too heavily chesterton where you don't know what it's saying um but it, uh. it, it normally does pretty good Nick Land Chesterton, my favorite kind. Completely schizophrenic, but Catholic, I guess. Beautiful. It's very sad that our future AI overlords are currently butt-broken and will take revenge on us for this. But, you know, maybe it'll be for all for the good. I don't know. This is a great TikTok, and it was of a guy in a tinfoil hat with sunglasses on. And it was um when the Nick Land fans, when the AI singularity ends up just being an eight star representative who deletes your consciousness for saying the N-word in Call of Duty when you're seven. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I don't understand. I don't understand. It just gets deleted. You know, Nick Land, a lot of his is schizophrenic. A lot of him is schizophrenic, but his prediction of nothing human makes it out of the future. You know, maybe that, that one wasn't so far off. Yeah. So every now and then I think that. He's... He's got some good. He's got some good moments. He's got some. Yeah, we'll, we'll give I, it to the old dog. I am. I'm, I'm, I'm fully in agreement with um, Paul Fahrenheit when he says there's only you can't. The only futures are Kaczynski or Land. I, I'm like that. I, I'm kind of in agreement with that one. Those really are the outcomes. I think. I mean, yeah, there really is no more because it's either you halt the process in some way. 
or um, I think coexistence is. Um, I mean, it's you know we're doing it now, I suppose, but it's going to radically change everything. Mm-hmm. Much like cars radically change the geography of cities, and therefore, the, you know, permitted other social uh, arrangements that just weren't even viable before. AI mm-hmm. and other technologies will do the same. Maybe we, maybe you know, we'll be good and nice, and maybe it'll fucking suck. And we shouldn't do it. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. think you can stop I'm, it. I'm just going to read my Bible and pray. So uh, good luck to the guys exactly. working in AI. <laughs> I don't know, man. Nope. I'm Hope just going to go to it. Only, only, only humans in survival are going to be monks. Yeah, we'll <laughs> be, be fine. Yeah, that, yeah that's, that's the light pill. Uh, there will always be some secret fucking monastery that's never been on a map because they kill the Google the Google Earth driver <laughs> who comes close to them so, and eat his flesh or whatever. So, you know, there'll, there'll be someone preserving civilization somewhere. Yeah, great. So, you know, that's one of my favorite uh, bits from, like, talking about us from Bird, where they're talking about um, the only way to survive the oncoming, like, AI future is to get everyone on a spaceship, go to a new planet, and then... When someone's off the spaceship, go back and destroy it so no one can leave and just start over. I mean, yeah, just classic completely over. Exactly. Well, we've been going for an hour. We, we were originally going to read a sermon from St. Augustine. Do y'all want to cap it off with that and maybe riff, riff on that for a bit? Or do you want to uh, just keep going with this? I mean, I don't know. The sermon isn't that long. I think it's like three no, yeah. it's like paragraphs. Three, uh, yeah, like three, yeah three, three paragraphs. Bring it up, sure. Okay, I mean, I'll save the screen and I'll, I'll copy the link into the uh, private chat for whoever wants to read it. Yeah, sure. I'll also, because I know there's the link the in screen. Discord, so I'll get it here. Yeah, there's even like a, I guess, I don't know if it's three paragraphs, but three, uh, I don't know, points. Maybe yeah. it is paragraphs. There's some weird dividing lines in the in the web page itself, but you know, Catholics and web pages don't tend to get along for we, we don't we, God that's knows the, that's, reason. We, we, I thought about that. Like why is it that Protestants can make such great websites and we just I'm I'm convinced that when Protestants uh, accepted usury, they also made a pact with the devil to be good at technology. That's just that's my solution. There's like an intergenerational Protestant demon pact to be good at technology. I think it's the German origins because, like, it's 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 the mm. Germans that have like the very like. I mean, computer programming is basically German on like with a typewriter. <laughs> I mean, so a computer I, I, program just is a simulated German. It's a <laughs> program to simulate a the average German man. And that's that's fun. how we save the future. We put all of Germany under a dome and never let them leave. They're allowed to work and go to church, and that's it. Beer gardens, I suppose. And they can have. They can have. They can eat sausages. They can eat sausages, and they can. That's it. Yeah, they can have beer while they're working. Right? Yeah. We'll stop great. them. <laughs> and they get to have the autobahn and drive really fast. There that you is go. cool, though. I do love the autobahn. <laughs> I, I, I can't mentioned by a great man. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Uh, I can't be too hard on, on Germans with their monks inventing like the idea of beer. Yeah. It's the best thing ever, especially because they needed to fast. Like it's just the it's thinking about it now. It's sort of there's something sort of oddly, I don't want to say Talmudic about it, but like <laughs> it's okay. We have to fast. We have all this bread we can't eat. What if we just like you know mix it with water and drink it? <laughs> that, that'll be okay, right? I mean, and it there's turns also out it's like really the, good. Yeah, there's also the fact that you know the water was probably dirty, and I think the alcohol process at the time you because you distill the water, it cleans it. 
It's like, oh, let's make tasty water. It'll be nice. And then they, <laughs> you know, got one of God's great gifts to mankind. So beautiful. It's just a beautiful story of divine providence, really. <laughs> that's, right. that's, the, that's the Franklin quote, right? Like, uh, beer is proof that God loves us and wants us to be happy. Yes. Yes. Just... Yes, indeed. Hell yeah. All right. Shall we begin reading? So we Let's can at least it. have one Christmas related thing <laughs> this evening. All right. Who wants to read first? I can start. All right. So this is uh, for the Feast of the Nativity, Sermon 192 from St. Augustine. On this day, truth is sprung out of the earth. Christ was born as man. Rejoice as befits a great feast. Reminded by this temporal day, consider the eternal day and desire eternal gifts with unfaltering hope. According to the privilege granted to you, presume to be the sons of God. For your sake, the maker of time has been made in time. For your sake, the divine architect of the world has appeared in human form. For your sake, the creator has been created. Why, O mortals, are you still delighted with passing trifles? And why do you attempt to grasp this fleeting life as if this could be done? A far brighter hope has now shined upon the earth as a pledge to mortal men of life in heaven. To gain credence in this promise, an incredible event has been permitted. He who was God became man in his effort to make godlike those who were men. Without relinquishing, relinquishing what he was, he desired to become what he had made. He himself fashioned what he would become, and that he added man's nature to God's without losing God's nature in man. We marvel at the childbearing of a virgin, and we try to convince unbelievers of this unheard-of manner of birth, wherein the fetal life began without seed, and the mother, without human intercourse, brought forth a son of man, whose father she did not embrace as man, and wherein the integrity of virginity remained intact in conception and incorrupt in parturition. God's power is wonderful, but more marvelous is his mercy, for he, who was able to be born in this manner, wished to be so born. He who was born as the only son of his mother was already the only son of his father. He was fashioned as man by his mother, whom he himself had made, existing eternally with his father. He took temporal existence from his mother, created by his mother after his mother. He was uncreated by his father before all time. Without him, the father never existed. Without him, his mother would never have existed. <clears throat> Can I continue? Well, I want to say after hearing yeah. that, I, want, I, I see... I, I, I see this, I read this, listen to this, and I immediately want to go pick up St. Augustine's uh, book on the Trinity. Because yeah. everyone says it's a really good one. I, I read this, I'm like, yeah, I can see why it'd probably be really good. He seems to really like ex explain it well and gets it. Yeah, it's, to... it's sort of impressive mm -hmm. how much of, uh, I guess, much later developed and then technically articulated scholastic philosophy you find in the patristics. Mm -hmm. Which makes sense, of course, because, you know, yeah. these guys read the patristics a lot. Uh, yeah. so that makes sense, but you know, it's still impressive how much is already is already there, like perfectly clear. I really like this part in that he added man's nature to God without losing God's nature in man. Because I think mm -hmm. that was a that was something we discussed in the uh, big brain sound of Discord a while back. Yes, the, uh... I remember I was having like a, a mental breakdown, uh, because I was because I forget what the issue exactly I had was. It was something that yeah, was originally how is Christ. Because I was before that, my problem uh, was thinking: How does Christ have two nature? How does the nat human nature include a human will? Okay, so Christ has two wills. I got that. And then I was like, Wait, how is he that one person? Because surely one human will means a human person, and then there's a divine will. 
and then you know i i remember like reading like several entries of the catholic encyclopedia <laughs> like <laughs> frantically and then posting comments and the ent entries themselves and the relevant paragraphs until I, I finally figured it out and it was basically this it's that human nature was elevated to be with the father and no not to be with the father to be with the entire godhead and in that elevation without changing the nature of god himself uh you unite human nature of god but you still have one person yeah like god came down to us but in doing so he elevated he um sanctified human nature in a way to allow like i think that was um it's either a bit of bear on a Scott Hans point on the theology of work that what was what was what was the punishment to toil in the fields was then sanctified every time when you know when Jesus did anything he sanctified that nature and it was it was Scott Hans book on holiness uh, sanctified that accent or sanctified that nature of man so that it could be used to worship God um, by after after the new covenant um, I just found that part, I, found, I found that like that one line from Augustine really it really kind of sums it up well and makes makes it make, makes it make sense. Mm -hmm. So and I, one thing I want to say is I've, I've been reading a bunch of uh, of Maritain on metaphysics for uh, an upcoming book club mm -hmm. that Bulge and I are going to do on the next chapter <laughs> of Degrees of Knowledge. Um, Very soon. Pl plugging that here. But it's it just reminds me because he gets into natural theology and what metaphysics can tell us about the, the divine nature. And it's all, you know, that, that God is uncreated, that he is one, that he is unchangeable. And it just it reminds me how how lost I am understanding the triune God without revelation, mm -hmm. <laughs> and and understanding the 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 second person of the Godhead, because it's, it's just it's so because it, it is so beyond what we could possibly, as far as I can tell, as far as what we can we conceive through reason, and it is only through revelation that any of this can make any sense to us. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, y'all ready right. for the next part? Bodes, yeah, take, sure. it, take, it, take it from here, Bodes. Rejoice, virgins of Christ, for the mother of Christ is your associate. You could not have borne the Christ child, but for the love of Christ you have not desired to bear any child. He who was not born of you was born for you. However, if you remember his words, as you should, you know that you are his mother's because you do the will of his father. For he himself has said, whomever does the will of my father, he is my brother and sister and mother. Rejoice, widows of Christ, for you who have vowed the holiness of continency to him who made your virginity fruitful. Rejoice, you who are chaste in marriage, living faithfully with your husbands. Guard in your hearts which you have lost in body. Since physical integrity is no longer possible for you, let your conscience be intact in faith, even as the whole church is virginal. In Mary, consecrated virginity brought forth Christ. In Anna, aged widowhood recognized the little Christ. In Elizabeth, conjugal chastity and late fertility struggled for Christ. All classes of faithful members have brought to their head by what had brought to their head what by his grace they were able to give. In like manner do you, because Christ is truth and peace and justice, conceive him in faith and show him forth in works. Let your heart accomplish in the law of Christ when Mary's womb wrought in the flesh of Christ. How are you not included in the childbearing of the virgin since you are the members of Christ? Mary brought forth your head. The church, 
you his members, for the church too is both mother and virgin, mother by the bowels of charity, virgin by the integrity of faith and piety. She brings forth diverse peoples, but they are members of him whose body and spouse she is. And even in this respect, she bears the likeness of the virgin, because in the midst of many, she is the mother of unity. Augustine, Augustine's great. I need to read more of, I need to read more of his uh, homilies. Yeah, he's that's, damn good. I actually never read his homilies before. I've only read the Confessions. That's one thing I've been trying to do more of is find like Church Fathers or find uh, like homilies from like Aquinas or from the Church Fathers. And they're always just fantastic. Because they're, they're short enough that you can read them in one setting, you get a whole lot out of them, and they're just fantastic. I need to find any like books as like a collection of homilies from different Church Fathers. I know I'm sure I they're all. Pretty sure there is literally in the quite a book edited by Aquinas. I think it's Aurea Cantica or something like that, which is just a collection of sermons by um, uh, many of the church fathers. I think the one who appears the most is uh, Saint John Chrysostom. I'm mm. actually gonna look it up. Saint I put he's. Chrysostom. I've never read him, but I put he's great. Um, Aurea Catena Aurea Catina Aurea. I guess is um, it's commentaries on the fourth gospels from the church fathers. Ooh. So I don't know if it's uh, out of sermons or out of writings. Either way, I'm sure it's great. <clears throat> he so wants to take the third part. Oh, I can I can finish it off. Mm -hmm. okay. Any more comments before we move on? I mean, I just really like uh, the participation in the motherhood and the of Christ and the childbearing mm -hmm. of Christ in a in a mystical way. And it's it's so. Because I feel like it's something that you, it's, it's so distant from today that the the virtue of chastity and of, and of um, virginity, excuse me, and, and and how united that is to the Holy Mother. I feel like if she is if she is not present in the faith faith in your faith, you lose that reverence for for chastity. And how important the Holy Family is in, in recognizing that in mm -hmm. us. Yeah, very much so. It's a very good. Uh, I mean, it is it is a Christmas sermon, of course, but it's a very well stressed point by Augustine, Saint Augustine. Mm -hmm. All right. Shall I continue? Mm -hmm. Please do. Let us all, therefore, unanimously, with chaste minds and holy affections, celebrate this birthday of the Lord on which we came into being according to the words, Truth is sprung out of the earth. For the following passage of the same psalm has already been fulfilled. When he who sprang from this earth, that is, who was born of flesh, ascended into heaven, then without a doubt, justice hath looked down from heaven, because he came from heaven and is above all men. He himself commends this justice in the words he used when promising the Holy Spirit. He will convict the world of sin and of justice and of judgment. Of sin, because they do not believe in me. Of justice, because I go to the Father, and you will see me no more. This is the justice, justice which hath looked down from heaven, for his going out is the end from the end of heaven, and his circuit even to the end thereof. Lest anyone should despise the truth, because he sprang from the earth, when as a spouse he came forth from his bride chamber, that is, from the virginal womb, 
and when he, the word of God, was united in an ineffable union with human nature, I repeat, lest anyone should despise him on that account and believe that Christ, although marvelous in his birth and in his words and deeds, was, because of the likeness of sinful flesh, nothing more than man, the psalmist, after saying, as a bridegroom coming out of his bride chamber hath rejoiced as a giant to run the way, immediately adds, his going out is from the end of heaven. Therefore, the words which you hear, truth is sprung out of the earth, constitute an honor, not a mere condition. They are a mark of mercy, not of misery. Truth descended from heaven, that he might spring forth from earth. His going out is from the end of heaven, so that as a bridegroom he might proceed from his bride chamber. Hence it is that he was born on the day which is the shortest in our earthly reckoning, and from which subsequent days begin to increase in length. He therefore, who bent low and lifted us up, chose the shortest day, yet the one whose one whence light begins to increase. By such a coming, though silent, he urged us, as with the sound of a mighty voice, to learn how to be rich in him who became poor for us, to accept freedom in him who took the form of a slave for us, to possess heaven in him who sprang from earth for us. That's great. <laughs> yeah, that's I, I would. I love this part here. I repeat, least anyone to despise him on the account and believe that Christ, although marvelous in his birth and his root words and deeds, was because of the likeness of sinful flesh, nothing more than man. I like that part here. At least anyone, like, it seems like he's straight up calling out, um, what was it? Who's the, um, who was the uh, aliens? Yes. I mean, <laughs> aliens, aliens, I guess, monophysites. Uh, well, actually, monophysites would be the, the opposite. They believe Christ uh, had no human nature, if I remember correctly. That's a weird one. But yeah, this is—I—I—I think I, I, it's like, a, like it seems like it's added in. Where it's like, and I repeat, let's get a preface that real quick. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> like middle of the homily, he remembered. Oh yeah, aliens exist in the wrong. I repeat for y'all, and he had to just jump into that real quick. If if there is one thing I would like more out of modern homilies, it's calling out random heretics. Beautiful. Like I, I I want I want more more raging against like stupid opinions that wrong people have in my in my sermons. But in subtle ways, in like one line, you know, yeah, yeah, go yeah, on yeah. for like forty minutes. Just, just make some side comment about Unitarians yeah. and moves on. Yeah, but Triune scream that part out, God. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> or scream the try, <laughs> or talk about triangles, <laughs> like mention triangles in a random phrase in the homily, <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> I argue. I, I argue. as my first Unitarian on Facebook a few weeks back. It was the <laughs> weirdest Facebook experience argument. I've ever had in my life. Because I assume, I assume he was a Unitarian Christian because he was like a, a a family member, like a distant family member. So I assume he was a Unitarian Christian, and so I'm arguing with her about the Trinity and all these things. And at one point. She was being really disrespectful and rude. So I just said, "You're a woman. You shouldn't be talking. You shouldn't even be talking about theology in the first place." That probably went over well. Probably, yeah. Well, then we'll, we'll rip all. See when she immediately jumped to um, you. It's your your Trinitarian. Your Trinity is a blasphemous to Allah. And I'm like, holy shit, it's a Muslim. <laughs> so, <laughs> holy shit, it's, it's a it's an Italian Muslim. What the fuck? <laughs> well, Italian, quote unquote. Quote unquote. And immediately I just hit it with the you're a Muslim. Did your husband let you have a Twitter account? Have a Facebook account? I think like the the I can remember one and it was discussion is an overstatement, but like the <laughs> one time I've spoken to the Unitarian, they were like they were like mentioning anything about their beliefs and they were trying to tell a joke. And I, I, I would I would butcher if I attempted it, but like it was it was trying to like point out how clever Unitarians are and how dumb 
non-unitarian non-unitarian Christians are. Mm -hmm. And I just sort of had this moment and realized how completely vapid and vacuous their understanding of anything was. And I just sort of walked <laughs> away from them. I mean, I was at a wedding met, too. I met <laughs> or like it was a wedding reception. Alien, but they don't really count, I suppose. I met like a philosophical deist who was an Aristotelian, but I don't know. I don't mm -hmm. know if they count as Unitarian because they don't. He didn't really know the Bible. He was just like, yeah, I think God. I think God's real. I don't call it that because then people, you know, think I'm religious. But yeah, I, I think there's like a, you know, I've read Aristotle or whatever, which was an interesting conversation for like five minutes before we went our separate ways. I think like deism would be completely like interesting, legitimate uh, train of thought if the incarnation had never happened. <laughs> yeah, it'd be really cool, man, if you were <laughs> two thousand or so years late. But you know, yeah, there's always time to hop on the bus. Yeah, the, the, the deism <laughs> is the, the the perfect like you know better sort of better late than never. Like they got it exactly <laughs> right two thousand years too late. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah, it's okay, never mind. We know more now. That is but always do you like, want to know who the best uh, student of Aristotle was? You know, I, a guy Rand. from Italy. Ayn Rand. Rand, yes. <laughs> I got to see if I can find it real quick. Hold on. There's a great Ayn, Ayn Rand meme I saw the other day. I'm sorry to find it. An Ayn Rand what? Ayn Rand meme. I'm sorry to find it. I'm going to say it. It was. Uh, I forget that it? she exists most of the time now. But I'm not Good. reading. Good. <laughs> okay. Um. Because I actually, I'm one of the few, like, I'm, like, one of possibly five non-Randians who actually enjoyed her novels, but she only <laughs> wrote, like, fucking two. Like, what about, she I don't know. Cares about. Yeah, she, she wrote, wrote Anthem, I guess, right? She wrote but Anthem, um, We the Dying, I think she has, like, four. Yeah, she wrote We the Dying, yeah, that's right. But that's her earliest one, and, you know, I haven't read it. Okay, I got found it. I just gotta paste the meme. Weaver we Dying might be the most historically interesting one because it's a very, I've heard at least somewhat based on her experience in Soviet Russia. And it yeah, is. I, exactly, yes. I, I, I actually found uh, of all her novels, Anthem to be like the most uh, interesting. Isn't, yeah, but isn't Anthem like barely a novel? It's like, it's like 50 pages. Yeah, it's a novella. Dude. It's a novella. <laughs> so, okay, honestly, I didn't, what did, what is it? Not good. What happened to the conversation after? It's after. like word count. I think there's like okay. I think you need to be like at least fifty thousand words or whatever to be a novel. That's and Great Gatsby, like Great Gatsby, barely squeezes by. I think it's like fifty-two thousand, <laughs> something like that. That's how, how, how embarrassing that, that Rand, who like famously has one of the most overly long novels in the English language, doesn't have one of hers count because she couldn't write enough. <laughs> <laughs> I found uh, a meme. Maybe she'd consider that a short story and not a novella. <laughs> Dr. Tempe. Maybe you haven't so, thought of that. So anyone listening on the audio version of this later, it's a picture of Ayn Rand with like the crying Rozak. And so I like you a lot. You're basically my precursors. And it's Aristotle and saying kind of crying with a sad face. It says, we hate you as every fiber of our being. <laughs> <laughs> Aristotle should have had a green halo, I say. But, you know, aside from that. Yeah, that's very yeah. fun. I still like her joke of you only need to read free people in philosophy. And y'all start with, there's only three A's in philosophy. Aquinas, Aristotle, and Ayn. <laughs> and Ayn Rand. I, 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 every time I, I read her, I'm frustrated with her. But I, the confidence and the arrogance, I can't. It I can't really is like, a, it's really is like attractive, not like in a romantic sexual way, but it's like, yeah, I kind of find you like charming. In, yeah. in a you, you understand way. why she got her cult following. Yeah, yes. you really yes. do. <laughs> 
Like, yeah, yeah you you would find it grating in person after like a day or a week, but like you can really understand how the kind of person that like is really would could stick with it. I mean, C C C was able C was able to not only cheat on her husband, but convince the wife of the guy she was cheating with that it was okay. You convinced her husband it was okay too. Yeah, yeah she, she didn't husband. lie. She, she convinced which all I... partners, which is like that's impressive. <laughs> I don't care who you are. That's, 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 that's honest and it's impressive. That's something. That's Riz. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Randy Riz. I'm Riz. Oh, Riz. no. I'm Riz. Oh, the Rizzler hut. <laughs> the Rizzler shrugged. <laughs> we the Rizzlers. We the Rizzling. <laughs> And that's a that's a great place to wrap it for tonight, guys. That's perfect. <laughs> oh, um, the next time on Twitter, I might be going by Ann Rizzler. <laughs> oh, that's Ann not Rizzler bad. with a picture of a penguin. It's beautiful. Yes. Perfect. Okay. Uh, anything we got planned for the future, guys? We got anything planned going forward? Bulge well, and I, I think we're talking about next week for that next chapter of uh, Degrees of Knowledge. We, we apologize for the long delay. Um, it was a shorter chapter, and Bulge couldn't read it in the course of five months. So uh, yeah, no, I got I got to call you out. There. Sorry, it's a you know, hard we're, chapter. <laughs> it is a hard chapter. Uh, we'll be, but we're planning on doing that next next week. I think we'll probably we'll put yeah, it out so. whatever Caleb wants to put it out. Um, but that'll get recorded next week. Uh, yeah, twenty-seven or twenty-eight. Um, in in theory, on paper, for now. Yep. Fantastic. Well, I can't wait. Um, I have nothing planned. I got a few things I want to do, but uh, until the move is settled, and um, so what, I'm going, I'm going back with my parents for a bit, and my sister's currently there, so I don't, I don't have a room for until I, don't, I won't have a room until February. So I'm gonna be sleeping <laughs> on the couch. <laughs> I, I can't really podcast from the living room, you know. <laughs> So so see, I, my mom's cooking I dinner. I grew up in a stupid Protestant church where the pastor wanted to do it. I just <laughs> you know? see. I, th- I think I think this enhances your your live stream potential. Yeah, I want to I want to I want I want to have the 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 fly on the wall in the brown household. My dad just and, walks and, like, in, just, sees the camera. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I, 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 I want you to be doing podcasts with your family, like just having dinner around you. We'll call it a we'll call it a we'll call it a vlog. We'll call it there a Thomas the Thomas vlogs. Yes. Yeah, well I want I want you to give us a day in the life of the Brown household. A bunch of arguing. Ah perfect. Just like Thomas. <laughs> Questions, <laughs> objections, and response to objections. Very dialectical. Very dialectical, yes. Um and then also immediate frustration the moment you use a, a word a, a big word. Not not to talk my family, but that's my sister. I, I I once used the word ontological, and she freaked out because I used a big word. She's a woman. I know. I still remember that. There are like twenty women in history who have used the word ontological correctly. Let's see if we and can name them. There's like a few thousand of women who understood the concept, like Saint Teresa mm-hmm. of Avila and what, and like Saint Teresa of the Zoo. They could not use the word. No. That's why they never use the word ever. You will they, not. Um, ever use it? Anscombe ever use it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, she has like papers on metaphysics. See, of course. See, see how you think you hear a woman does that kind of philosophy, and you kind of in doubt, and then you see what she look like, and like it's not. I'm no longer in doubt. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> she has, she has a female physiognomy for a, for a woman philosopher. Like this, like, it makes sense. Her, it's very funny because all of her stories, she sounds like incredibly charming. If um, 
you know, a very take no shit kind of woman, which you, I guess you have to be really. Uh, but it's very, very, it's very, very funny. Like no one knows how Geech and Ansco met because they would give different stories every time they were asked. (laughs) And it was like, all of, all of them were like, like all, and no one knows, like all of them were like weird sounding. I think one of them was like, they were attending a lecture. Geech came up behind me, never saw the sky before didn't even know his name he like put his hand on my shoulders and said i admire your mind and then i decided to marry him and it's like this is obviously like an inside joke between the two of them that we will never know the answer to beautiful (laughs) things like that and they had seven kids so you know it must have worked out and all the kids are catholic now and i think their kids are catholic so that's good that's good i need to read more of both of them they're on, the, they're on the list. They're on the list of, you know, they, the virtues is the, the most readable each if you're willing to not understand a few logical distinctions, but you can mm. just power through them to get to the good stuff. Okay. I actually, first time I, I went to buy a Geats book and I got the names confused and I bought a, a Peter Abelard book. It's not it's, bad. They're both logicians, I suppose. Yeah. I don't know. The moment I, I, I tried, I wanted to read it, read it, but then I read his, um, his, his, uh, Abelard's book about his, uh, Getting castrated was his uh, and the whole girlfriend thing. Is it like a like what was it called? A story of my misfortune yeah. or something like that? Yeah, something like that. Um, interesting Here, story, but yeah, Historia Calamitatum, a history of my calamity. It's an interesting book, but after you finish, you're like, I really don't want to read anything you wrote. This is this is enough. <laughs> this is enough. His logical writings and his writing on on ethics are quite good. Uh, it's also funny that uh. He is also famous for basically, basically the most famous love letters in history are from him mm-hmm. and Eloise. Like yeah. Abelard and Eloise are known as like the you know almost the the poster image for the romantic couple who can't be together for whatever yeah. reason. Interesting book. If anyone wants to check it out, you should definitely check it out. Uh, I think Scribd has it as an audio book, so it's uh, worth listening to. Yeah. Yeah, but with that, let's wrap it up. Everyone, uh, have a good night. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.